I'm Alex, and I'm super. I'm Dr. Kevin, and I am naturally a junkie. And there's no We are the junkie. super... Wait, we are... The supernatural super junkies. junkies. Look at us, coordinated. Yes. Don't ask us to sing. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to think about something funny Alex would say, because we don't have her here today, so I'm really thinking now. So we do have Dr. Dennis Ninja, as my wife says... Ninja chiropractor. He is here in the house, but we have a new doctor. We have triple doctors today. What should we be, the super doctor junkies today? <laughs> that sounds like it. <laughs> we have Dr. Anthony Ponsetti today. Hey, say hello, Tony. Hello, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is this is weak so far. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're pick, in trouble already. We're going to have to pick this up just a bit. <laughs> But uh, Alex is not able to be here today, and this is a special episode. We are covering the Watchman Declaration. And uh, so if you had a chance to listen to our last podcast, it was really all about the function of the Watchman and the return of the Watchman, that this is a function within the body of Christ that God has really called us to. And it's a needed function because we need people to be able to look deeply into things and sound an alarm because the people of God have always had what? Persecution. They always have had an enemy. There is an enemy in the world today, and this is big part of what the church has lost. We really don't think we have any enemies today. What about you guys? You guys feel any, uh, any enemies out there today? There's a few of them. We have a whole lot of them. Absolutely, Amen. we do. Amen. And it you starts know? with me. Oh, that's true. We got the enemy oh. within, right? The traitor? Yes. Yep. Well, I just pray for him. <laughs> it's that battle between the spirit and the flesh. Exactly. Well, we have to remember that God is going to win that battle as Amen. well. Amen. And you're not going to do it. And uh, But I'm not saying we shouldn't try. So well, We have to be faithful and keep on submitting to the Lord. Speaking of trying, so, you know, for my kids, I bought them, uh, I got these custom cups made because they love to watch The Simpsons, you know. And... Um, you know, we've sheltered them so much. I was like, when we first started watching, I'm like, wow, there's all this stuff on here. And I thought, well, I guess we're going to have to talk about it eventually. So <laughs> when your kids are 14, you should start, really start yeah. talking about this stuff. So uh, we gave them a cup. And the first one uh, was a picture of uh, Homer Simpson. And it says, uh, trying is the first step towards failure, <laughs> which is one of my favorite yeah. quotes. Yeah. And then we have one from Bart, which is really should probably be their quote. Um, probably their favorite quote. It goes, I'm not saying I'll try, but I'll try and try. <laughs> so, well, what did Yoda say? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> when he said to Luke Skywalker, he goes, there is no try. There is no try. try. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. There is no try. See, there we go. We learned something from Dr. Dennis. And now he is hes not only the ninja, he is the Yoda ninja. Yoda ninja. <laughs> so let's talk about the Watchman Declaration. So uh, I'll give you a little quick heads up on this one. It's pretty funny, actually. Uh, so I had just finished my book, and Dr. Tony was doing a pastor's table uh, video, video interview. And he says, hey, Kevin, let's get you on here. And I thought, okay, cool. It's my first video, you know. I, I can do this, right? <laughs> and uh, so we get on there, and, but he tells me, um, I should probably get it from his mouth. So what are, when you have your guests on there, Tony, what are the things you ask them? I only ask three questions. I'm a real lazy interviewer. <laughs> so I ask three questions. What, what is your passion? 
and I give them about eight, it's a 30 minute program. I give them about 15, 15 minutes or so to give me their passion. Don't inter interrupt unless they get real slow, like, you know, our, our famous. Is that why you were interrupting author. me? <laughs> 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 when, when I see that they've expended their, their passion, then I'll ask them, okay, what is your strategy? And usually that's where they start gulping. <laughs> yeah. yes, now he warned true. me just to, just and to I be clear. And I always warn them all. And then towards the end of the show, we asked him, okay, so what is your advice wow. to the people out there, the pastors out there, the lost people out there? And, and the whole idea there is we've just done a PSA. Right. <laughs> and it's been there. PSA. It wasn't right. mine. It was theirs. Right, right. What does PSA stand for again, Tony? Public Service Announcement. See, right. I didn't know that. So did you know that, Doc? Yes, I did. But passion, <laughs> strategy, and, and approach. And it, no, and advice. Advice. So here's the thing. He asked me this, and I wrote this entire book thinking to myself, wait a minute, I was supposed to come out of this with a strategy? <laughs> right? You mean there has to be an action plan here? You mean we actually should change what we do? And, you know, let's face it, this is a podcast. We love to talk about stuff, and we don't necessarily have to feel like we have to come up with all the answers, right? That's why it's so fun. And here he is, you know, coming up with, you know, this little thing called reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so here he is striking me with the reality thing, and I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, what does that really mean? You know, and so I started thinking about that and I realized that if we if you use the ideas of what we talked about in the podcast and in the book, really Revelations 13, 16, and 17 tells us two very specific strategies on dealing with this this spirit of the Antichrist that is always trying to get into the world. And uh, the one we're called to oppose, and ultimately his plan won't work if he can't get access to our bodies. And if he can't disenfranchise us as Christians, and that means keeping us from buying and selling. And of course, you know, this was some, I guess some, one of the midterm elections was up, but we, uh, I, you know, I have good relationships with um, Protect Our Children, and it's a local group. We'll talk about them a little bit today even, um, you know, but they're trying to bring out what's happening to the destruction of the family. Of course, it's impossible to miss, you know, what's happened with the destruction yeah. of the family you know, you think about what did God do when he made humanity? I mean, I, I love to tell my boys, yeah, God made us, right? But look what he did after that. He left us alone. He, it's re This is all us. You know, God did only a few things. He made men, then he made women, and he put them together in marriage, and the fruit of that relationship were children. And then he told us to train those children up in the way that they're supposed to go. That's all he did. Everything else is on us, right? So what, what's the first thing the support did? The Supreme Court did when they, when they destroyed the family. They allowed you to kill your children through abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And then we saw, and I mean, this is all recent, right? You saw that all of a sudden in Obama, all of a sudden a marriage is not a marriage, not between men and women. It can be you and your rock, right? And then now recently we have, you know, they're denying something that a paleontologist can tell you 6,000 years from now, whether you're a man or a woman, but we can't tell now, right? There's yeah. nothing objective 
about being a man or a woman. Right? Doctors don't know how to lift the little baby up by the feet. Right. And look down. <laughs> That's it. Wait, it's got a handle or it doesn't have a handle, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. So, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm thinking through this and I'm like, well, that's a pretty good action plan. Like, yeah. you know, we knew that Jesus said when you see these things to happen, that we're supposed to stand up. So that was clearly the thing. What, what are we supposed to stand yeah. up for? Well, with the beast government, we... We can't let him have access to our body. We can't let him disenfranchise us, but we can't let him destroy what God created. And what did he create? A family, because that's what heaven is. <laughs> it's his family. We're part of his it's, it's, divine it's family. Rebellion, Doc. It's yep. rebellion. I, I mean, I, I, it's, I was thinking about this when I was driving over here, and I know that, like you said, you know, with the beast, we can't let up access to our body and so forth. But it's larger than that. A There's much no doubt. Larger than that. The beast wants to be what the, what does satan want he wants to be god that's right why, that's what is that isaiah 14 amen i mean he wanted he got kicked out and um and he wants to be god so what is he doing he's going after everything god created absolutely you know and it and there's going to be as we know in revelation there's like a decreation right when god's wrath comes so right when the end towards the end so we know that um it's like, like Exodus when how God dealt with Pharaoh, right? You know, um, so it's 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 very similar to that. And then we have this going on with the with the governments and they're pressing in on us mm. and so forth. But but you know the the enemy has been wise. Yes, he has destroyed the church. Yes, you know the the, the church in the world today is Suddenly. not the church that Jesus planted. No, uh, Jesus had how many disciples? Twelve. Twelve. Right. Eleven. <laughs> well, he had twelve. He had 12. See the, but then he added one. I had. I had. It was back to twelve. I had a discussion with with a pastor the other day because he came up with eleven, and I said that's the that's that's it. See, Jesus was trying to show us that everybody is eligible to become a disciple. Yes. Some will fail. Yes. That's right? true. But we yes. now we want to we want to exclude those that may fail, so we don't have. But you know, when I ask pastors, how many disciples do you have? If you're an imitator of Christ which he said, imitate us, right? Yes. Then how many disciples do you have? Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll gulp real hard. See, the church doesn't have I wasn't have listening to... right there. I made sure I tuned you out there, Tony. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, Tony. We talked about did this before. Did you tune him out too, Doc? Oh, did you pause it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. we haven't paused it. I'm playing with Doc because every time That's he talks okay. about my disciples, where are your disciples, Kevin? I mean, for Jesus. Oh, yeah. yeah no, so uh, really... yeah, no. I'm... Yeah. So the church has gotten so weak because it doesn't have any disciples. See, if a church, if a pastor has 12 disciples and he teaches them to have 12 disciples right. and they teach theirs to have 12 right. disciples, right. we turn this world upside down. We would. That's how a small minority of men through the power of the Holy Spirit did turn this world exactly. upside down. Exactly. That's right. Well, we now, the church, we've, we've talked about in, on numerous shows, the, the church is worried about converts. Right. The church has become a business. Right. A 5013C right. tax deducted tax deductible business that they were subtly deceived into back in the 1940s, right? So this is it's dangerous. Oh yeah. And look at what they did during COVID. They shut them down. And then um and then what the one church locally here, the river that wouldn't close, the pastor got arrested. And then when they let him back out, he he did he did a stand and had church every day and has since COVID. Right. right. I mean, 
I may not agree with him theologically, but I I admire his his stance. Yeah, he he converted his whole parking lot into a church. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it outside. Well, and that's that's standing up. So when we think about what God wants us to stand up for, there is an individuality to it. But that's when I was really thinking to myself, what are we? What are the? What are some tenets? And you know, the good news at this point is. We have lots of people in the same situation where we're just like, how do we come together and find something we can actually agree on? I mean, this is a real problem because we have so many people with so many giftings, so many callings, and so many distinct purposes that really have nothing to do with putting something together that we're all in agreement on, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we are, even though we already have these things in agreement. And so you thought, you know, that's just was my thinking. But the good news is, um, you know, the first declaration that really I got exposed to, and I can't remember if it was you or me or who it were, but the Great Barrington Declaration. And, you know, we had early in 2020, Fauci was controlling the narrative. And here you have, you know, 20 some thousand doctors. Right almost, now, right now he's in, in uh, witness protection. <laughs> disappeared he's uh he's wearing his masks wearing his mask and witness protection all three of them all three of them <laughs> with some spittle on them i'm gonna <laughs> you see my they're accent. coming up the stairs my accents are oh <laughs> if my wife was here she'd chime in with this amazing accent <laughs> i was but doing that for alex i know you were so she can she'll, she'll be the editor of that yeah see if it was any good she's gonna cut that right back out <laughs> maybe she'll dub in herself right here you know i'm just saying if you if she dubs in on this you know we didn't we didn't hear her so she did it herself. sure that'd be fun <laughs> but you know you think about the great barrington declarations you're having sit, patients sit in your office and they're going um yeah no doc i, I don't agree with you you know you're totally wrong right and i would say listen i have 20 some thousand doctors that have 50, all, yeah, now it's 60 almost 65 60, yeah, 60, worldwide, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 62 the last time i checked and that was wow. a month ago okay so you know you start to see this is a movement you are not alone and i i was it was helpful for me to know and these guys who started it are from Cambridge and Harvard. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. Oxford. I mean, these guys are the brightest of the bunch, right? They. Th that's why Dr. Den Where did you go again, Doc? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they probably do not own any stock in the pharmaceutical companies. Well, that's it. You can start to see where their allegiance yeah. really lies. But you can yeah. see the reality is, is that, you know, it was nice because I realized I'm not alone. And I could use this to people. I mean, if they just wanted to argue, they would argue, right? But if you were really interested, I'm like, listen, we got 20-something thousand. This was like by April or May to one. I'm going to go with those guys. <laughs> because honestly, I had never seen medical doctors, doctors of all kinds, that just chimed in and put together a de declaration so quickly yeah. that challenged the exact narrative on television. It's unprecedented. You can't, trust me, you know, you, it's like getting Christians to agree on something. Doctors do not agree on things no, very often. They don't. So this was, this was egregious. They came in and changed all the rules all at the same time. And so most of the doctors that are, that are kind of up on their stuff, they had to realize that this is just not the way we act in the face of a pandemic, right? So, you know, the Great Barrington Declaration was the first one, and then we've talked about the Rome Declaration. Did you ever get a chance to read that one, Doc? I did not. So that one came, uh, actually, Dr. Malone and some other famous people were in on that. 
they took it a step further and they were saying that specifically we're not allowed to have conversations. I mean, we're having complete censorship of any kind of, you know, rudimentary conversations about how to possibly have a solution for COVID other than the defined narrative, which is really stay home. And if you can't go any longer at home, then go to the hospital and and or take a vaccine. I mean, that, that was it. You know, well, that is the narrative. There's no doubt. But those doctors knew that there's lots of solutions. You didn't have to wait. You could start lots of things, right? We talked about the hydroxychloroquine, the ivermectin. Yeah. And, uh, and you then mentioned course, those. You mentioned those by name. They'll block you from Facebook or well, any place else. Exactly. Yeah. They, uh, the American uh, frontline physicians that uh, Dr. Simone Gold and yep. she got she got fired from right. her position for treating with those, and then amongst other doctors did, and they formed that that organization. Yeah, so America's frontline. Yeah, and there. So they, there are people out there putting up a resistance to this. Thank God. Yes. Well, and you you know think about Florida for us. I mean, it's really obvious. We started the monoclonal antibodies, and four weeks later, we're like we're the lowest in the in the, in the country. And right? they told us we took too much of it. Yeah, we got to give it to the rest of the. Country. Yeah, we after were they hot. said it wasn't working, well, it got yeah, it got very <laughs> political. You know, Biden. Uh, you know, of course, DeSantis uh, got Biden mad, so Biden turned around and acting like the petulant child and said, "No, you can't have that." And uh, but you know, it, it, this whole thing was very political. But I think the segue that you're looking for here, Doc, is wait. That are you you're gonna you're gonna steal one of my segues? Well, I was going to suggest that you can you can use it. <laughs> I or thought not. I was the king of segues. I don't know because I'm always I, trying to redirect you and Alex back on track. You can't do that. She's not here today. <laughs> um, is the fact that all these what we're pointing to here are that this is these are and they may be some Christians among those doctors. So, but this is basically basically a secular rising up of against the resistance okay what we want to put forward today is the church making a stance that's right in the watchman absolutely you know that's the problem the other thing that the rome declaration did though is it didn't just say that we're not allowed to have conversation it specifically brought up how we have peer-reviewed scientific journals proving that there are alternative treatments for COVID and we are not allowed to put them anywhere. And we're losing our jobs around the world. So this really was unprecedented, what they put in the Rome Direct Declaration. And then, you know, the other one that directly affected me, um, you know, thinking on these ideas of an action plan that Tony suddenly ridiculously brought up <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> uh, you know was was the Ezekiel declaration and that came out of Australia and um, I think very close to 3,000 pastors actually signed that um, so did you guys either you guys get a chance to read that one yes I did multiple times mm-hmm. Tony I guess you're taking the wheel on that one <laughs> Tell us about the Ezekiel Declaration. Well, it was it was a well-worded, well-structured, and were very well confirmed by the number of pastors that, that engaged it. You know, there were people that said yes to it, and it moved us in that direction. It created a pathway for you to write what you wrote. Yes. Well, and, you know, I guess it was started by three Baptist ministers from Queensland 
What's funny is in the article I read about it, they said that the main opposition to it were actually other Baptist ministers. Right. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. Separation of church the, and in state. the church. Yeah. No, no. It's part of the problem with the church. Oh yeah. We go back to the churches. Is that there's there's so many um, different denominations, and within even within a denomination, there's different viewpoints and so forth, and the, the teaching and so forth. Like at the liberal side, I mean, it's like it's it. Try to make itself look like the world almost, right? You know exactly. Where I mean, the remnant. Listen, we we know that the church is never going to be defeated. All right. If anything peels away, that was called a church. The church is not going to be defeated. Right. Right. The true church of Christ right. will never be the gate. The, the gates of hell can, cannot defeat it. Okay. However, the false church, and the, and and Paul talked about the apostasy there first. You know that that has occurred over the last. You know we're seeing we saw, we saw it greatly in the last two years, but it has occurred over the last thirty years. It's, it's occurred over the last five hundred years. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just a conference we just had. But you know the problem is that our church and we as Christians are so far off. You know Jesus said, "Love one another." Yes. Right. I can stand in a room full of all kinds of people. Right. And I'm to love them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I gotta love them all. Right. I'm. I, my my number one worry is that I'll still be here when the, when Jesus comes back. And you know what a Gibbs is, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna come and give me a Gibbs and say, "What are you guys doing? I told you to love one another, and I told you to be one." Right. Well, that's how we would be identified by the world is that we loved one another. Absolutely. Right. But we, the world right. doesn't. The world, the world will say, well, you know, this group and that group and the other group, they hate each other. That's how they separated us. Yeah. Hey, Doc, so, that's Doc watch out for that mic. I know. It just hit me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it came out of nowhere. You know, if we, let, if we let the world separate us like that, you, you, you know what I'd love to see? And I was taught this by a by early, one of my earliest pastors. We went to visit a family that had just visited our church. This was in Texas at Arlington. And I was a fairly new Christian, and I'm, I'm going with a pastor on a visitation. I was president of a, a printing shop for Tandy Corporation, a very large shop. And uh, so I'm business-oriented. I'm not Christ-oriented at that time, <laughs> business-oriented. We go to make this visit. These people had come to the church. And we engaged the people, and uh, he asked them the question, he says, what, what, what church were you at? Well, they were at a, nerve, a, a nearby church. And uh, he says, well, do you mind if I call your pastor? I'm thinking, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Really? And he, he got the pastor to come, and he reconciled that family back to their own fold. Oh, gotcha. See, he could have been a sheep herder. Right, right, and right. stolen that sheep. Right, but rather than that, he was more concerned with reconciliation. Yes, right. Mm. We're not right now. We just go out. We're rubbing each other's. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you go back to some of these these tenants. What I liked about the Ezekiel Declaration was it just stated so much common sense. Uh, they did Amen. not get into a lot of scriptures and so on and so forth. Um, you know, some of the things that came out, um, number one was that these 
this was a specific response to halt the vaccine passport. And as we know, you know, they formed concentration camps if you didn't take the jab. Right? I haven't heard, have you heard much about I haven't Australia? heard a lot about that, you know, since then. But, you know, what they're saying here, and, and this is where the opposition came in, and this is what they said about the, the Ezekiel Declaration, because it is sowing seeds of vaccine hesitancy. Now, I'm going to maintain to you that there is a new evil in the world, and it has been now for over a year, and that is anything and anyone who says anything or does anything that creates or causes anyone to question whether they should take a vaccine is the number one evil in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now you think about that. Who in your Bible needs access to your body? No one. Who would the one, well, who in the world? That would be Satan and his final kingdom needs it. So yep. this is the one group of people. This is what they have to have. And to me, the fact that this is now the number one evil tells you that this is now their number one goal. Your Bible told us 2,000 years ago that your body was the target all along. Amen. And these guys were able to pinpoint this in this declaration without even putting those scriptures in line, which we, of course, put in, into the Ezekiel, I'm sorry, into the Watchman Declaration. Um, you know, they had, uh, at that time, 21,200. I think it's almost, uh, almost 300,000, uh, 3,000 now. Um, and again, they had a mix of lots of denominations. The Australian Christian Lobby was also endorsed it. Uh, NSW One Nation endorsed it. And the Christian bloggers also put it out everywhere. So it did really get a lot of press. One of their big things that they said is very simply that conscience should never be censored. And you think about that, that means we have no ability to what? Follow God. And what do we know about communism? It's God, you will do what we want. You worship the government, you follow them, right? And so this idea also, they recognize that not only the vaccine passport controls everything and everyone, your identity, your bank account is involved in that. It's a one-stop shop. But they're talking about, hey, our churches are going to what? now not let people in we're creating a two-tiered society right so these are things that they were saying you know were involved they also were saying hey look look at the costs here now now we know we have that you know john hopkins study saying hey look we did all these shutdowns and it was only like 0.2 percent better so shutdowns didn't work period around the world but then they also get into the most obvious thing and of course at that time they mentioned that CDC study that was done in Massachusetts where 74% of the people infected were actually fully vaccinated. So that's about when they were starting to realize this thing doesn't work. So here we are mandating something and holding something again, well, people. Doc, that, it does work. <laughs> it does work. It does work. How does it, it work, did, Doc? Because it does, you're not going to get as sick. That's right. How can you measure as sick? Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's wonderful. It's like what they did with the flu shot. Right. People always, I have patients come in and ask me, Doc, did you get your flu shot? I said, no, I didn't. I said, why not? Do you, do you want me to go on my soapbox? Because I will. And they're like, well, why? He didn't? doesn't ask. No, be honest. No, I do. No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'll ask him because, you know. And they'll Bring say, well, why, why wouldn't you do that? You know, I said, well, first of all, there's formaldehyde in, in there for preservative. So, and then there's thimerosal, which which is mercury for 
a, a stabilizer. I said, then there's aluminum, enough aluminum in there to cause your brain shock. And then, then maybe there's some attenuated virus in there from last year or the year before that maybe your body might respond to. Maybe. And then the effectiveness of the flu shot has been anywhere from 25% to 50% over the last 20 years. Right. Well, the placebo effect is 33%. But unfortunately, vaccines don't have to have be tested. Wait a minute. Did he ask us whether we was going to on the soap box? No, he just oh. got. He just jumped up. He I, just well, did it. I had to break it. He you, was going. To, I, I was monopolizing. The conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that with the vaccine, there is. A, I'm circling back. Let me do my Jempazaki here. I was just let me circle back. Just harassing you on the way there. <laughs> and my point is that they did the same thing with, um, with with this vaccine. Right. It came out 95 percent effective. Then it's uh, then you got you know breakthrough infections, right? And then you got now the effectiveness was one study so it was thirty seven percent. Well, that's four percent above the placebo effect, right? Um, folks, for you out there, um, I'll say I'll give a little a little flashback to Rush Limbaugh for you out there in Rio Linda. <laughs> the placebo effect is um, when you're taking something that's, it, you are the control group and you're not taking the medication being tested. Unfortunately, vaccines do not need to go through that those type of studies. They should. That's another podcast. Anyway, um, so we have a vaccine now that is 4% more effective than the placebo effect. So you're telling me I'm going to risk myself put, putting stuff into my body that's going to give me a 4% greater chance Mm-hmm. And it's only going to lessen my my disease. But, you know, it's going to help me not go to the hospital because we don't want to overcrowd the hospitals. I'd love to shoot a hole in that logic, but I haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to give him a hard time. No, yeah. go ahead. It's but really go. fun to be able to try and get him off track. Yeah, go back sometimes. on script. Go ahead. <laughs> it's really fun. I'm going to segue right back just to where, where, segue where, back where, in there. where we are. I'm writing my segue right now. Well, you were talking about the Ezekiel Declaration. You were talking about the study out of Massachusetts, a CDC study. So, you know, Tony says, I got to have an action plan. So, you know, of course, I'm thinking, well, let's maybe we should craft a declaration and what should be in there. And I had these three tenants. So I called Pastor Thomas Dozer. Now, if you listen to last week, you'll find out why we still need the Watchmen. And that's what it's called. And so... This is very interesting. So you imagine me now um, making phone calls saying, hey, I got this idea. What do you think about it? Now imagine me 45 minutes later not able to get a word in <laughs> because he is preaching a sermon on the Watchmen. And I really recommend you listen to it because it is a function in within the body that we have lost. And you can really see this, that we literally don't believe that there's any enemies we have. We don't have anybody that actually thoroughly looks into anything. Right. We don't we don't have enemies. We're not looking for movement on the horizon. There is no shofar horn to sound. And you start to realize the situation that we're really in. We need these people. Right. And I found out that I was a watchman. I'm not a pastor, but I'm a watchman. And I found something else out. Dr. Dennis is true. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he is. He's a watchman. <laughs> That's so, right. you know, and you start to realize that, that um, well, a watchman doesn't really need to do anything except keep watch. But if right. something happens... Right. Well, we have to sound the alarm. Exactly. And that's what happens with me and Dr. Dennis. We just kind of go, thump, 
here we are. Let's go. Let's roll, right? It's in season and out of season kind of stuff. So um, obviously, and it really it was Dr. Doza that really named it. I mean, how can you listen to those scriptures he read and, and talk? And I was like, man, this is, this is what we need. Is we need a watchman. We need a declaration to say, hey, we need to be watching out for these things. And so, you know, you start to see this. So the next person I got off the phone with him and then I quite made a few, quite a few changes. And then I sent it back to him. And of course, who did I send it to else? Uh, actually to Dr. Uh, Dr. Tony, and then also to Dr. Dennis. So um, Tony, what did you think when I sent that to you the first time? Well, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, there were, it had purpose, you know, it had purpose. You had, you had a strategy now. I finally was able to complete the interview. <laughs> you got to the Eight ass. months later. <laughs> no, and Tony was really ecstatic. And, and I think something just like, it was like a key turned on Tony because he, he has been the energizer bunny. He has taken this, 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 this idea everywhere, everywhere he goes. And he goes a lot of places. You, had, you were hit with the, um, over a million views in Africa. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Yep. That's through HB Homes. And yep. Wow. Well, and like I say, we have, you'd be surprised at how many people just here have think, contacts all over the world. I think the Africans have an arrest warrant for you, by the way. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Don't so, travel there, dog. So the good news about it is, is that, you know, while this was an idea that was put into my head by Tony and then you start to see, I start having conversations. And so this is where the conversations just kept building. And uh, so, Doc, what did you think when I sent that to you the first time? Oh, here's Kevin again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think that, Doc. <laughs> so what is he? What is he sending me now? <laughs> it's, exactly. funny. it's funny, folks. I mean, we must uh, text each other about ten times a day, sending each other stuff, yeah. you know, um, to read. And it's like, no, I didn't get to that one. <laughs> I didn't get to that one. It's funny. <laughs> So when he when you did send it over because it was something that you know was scripturally based and it was something that you you were talking about um, how we need to we need to make a stance. I read did read it and um, and uh, I thought it was very apropos for for where we are right now um, in this country. Yeah. Um, the Ezekiel Declaration was in Australia. And I think that we, as the church worldwide, we, we need to make a stance against the beast system, which is developing before your eyes, folks, if you open them. Yes. And um, so we we definitely need to do that. Uh, and then I think what really opened up my eyes, was, which I thought was kind of interesting, was when I think the time you went to go to that conference where you saw Malone and... Mm -hmm. um, that was the and, uh, day uh, with the experts in Clearwater, St. Pete. Florida. And what was the other doctor? Uh, Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough. And he, yes, he said something about the beast system. Or well, it's very interesting, and I, I have that laid in the book, and that's why I doubled down on a lot of things I said. Remember, I really finished the COVID beast over a year ago. They were all articles at first, and of course, I ch titled it. I mean, within th four months of coming COVID even coming out. So, you know, that was a little prophetic because I've been looking for a cause that would somehow give us access to the body. And maybe this is the cause that's going to come in the world to do that. But, you know, here I'm sitting there and these guys, I mean, here they are. They're, they're the best in the world. Nobody really could be able to debate them. I, I think if you listen to anybody, there's no way, you know, that's why they're so 
upset about him being on Rogan's show is because the man is, he has the credentials. Yeah. He has the intelligence to debate anyone in the world. And here they are up there. And it was Peter McCullough that was up first. And he was just at that point where like, I'm telling you now for an hour, all this stuff. That's exactly what you, the opposite of what you heard on television. And how do you explain this to people? There's so much water. How could you explain anything so yeah. big, a deception this big that's worldwide? How could you explain this? Mm -hmm. you, you know how crazy you sound? And he just says, he shrugs his shoulders several times. He pauses. He goes, it's the beast. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and then McCullough, he gets up, no, Malone gets up afterwards and he goes, I heard what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks very monotone. And um, he has to tell you when he's emotional because you'd never know. No, he's no, no. And, yeah. But um, he says, well, you know, I suppose this could be your golden calf. And I thought to myself, wow, that's the most insightful thing I've maybe even heard from any spiritual person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't really I'm know. I'm, I mean, think, that's I'm what I'm saying. spiritual. I, I know. I don't think he is either. Um, I know McCullough does go to church, and I'm pretty sure he is a Christian. Okay. Uh, but he, you know, he's not up on Bible prophecy. I did get a chance to talk to him a couple of times, and uh, when I talked to him about how the plagues, right, yeah. the biblical plagues yep, yep, that yep. we could be seeing, because he agrees that we're we could be in a situation where we could see a lot of problems that are related to these vaccines because we just don't know, especially for the reproductive issues that we could have. We're seeing them right now. We're already seeing it. And we talked, we haven't even mentioned this, but you know, third quarter last year, deaths, non-COVID deaths went up 40%, unprecedented yeah. in history, yeah. right? And that was the third quarter. And that was 18 to 65. These are not the people that are just suddenly going to start dying. So the long story short of that, he goes, so yeah, it's the beast. So then I wrote a little, add on to that I literally got to put that in the last thing of the book I was editing it and uh, and I just doubled down this this is what the beast would do this is his this is his mantra and so you start to see we were able to craft that so the next next guy we really talked to was uh, Paul Pickern on all pro pastors and there was a convention coming here called the return and he had Jonathan Kahn and we had uh, Kevin Jessup and lots of famous singers. lots and lots of names lots of names it was the most downloaded around the world was it? Right. Do you remember how many many that was? But yeah. It was it was a huge number. Yeah, I don't Is that know. The one we, in DC? No, that no, was no, that run was right in Plant City. We did oh. we did one just like the one we did in, in DC. I was it, at that one also. It wasn't hugely attended in Plant City, but the online presence I believe broke a record. Right. Oh wow. For the from the number of people that watched and it. And we didn't even invite you. I nope. was gonna say thanks guys. <laughs> well, I took uh, Saturday off, you had to work. <laughs> oh oh. <laughs> yeah, I stole Dr. Blaine from you. <laughs> ah, that's it. Yeah, dude, so uh we talked to Paul and of course they had a booth there and I just showed it to Paul and and we were like, We'd like to put it out there. So we just he let us put it out right from their booth, all pro pastors international, as a preliminary draft. And okay. you know, we got some good feedback on that. Um You've had some good relationship with Dr. Daniel Bernard, somebody cares Tampa Bay, and you know he read it and he was like, "Well, I don't, I don't see any problem with this." And he gave me a few other pastors to talk to about it, and so you know, all of a sudden, you know, we've got some some agreement happening. And uh, then the next probably somebody had given uh, United Pastors of America some of my books. Do you know who that person was, Tony? I think I think his name was Y N O T. 
What's why I don't take? What does that stand for? Why not? Why not? <laughs> it was Tony. Tony gave Tony gave a couple of the pastors my books, and they read it. And of course, they were really happy with it. And uh, I was actually able to speak at one of their their um, their meetings, um, and right away, like two weeks later. And of course, I showed them the the declaration, and I mean, they pretty much approved it on the spot. You know, they were in. And uh, so all of a sudden, I mean, like this is this is unprecedented. We have three different pastors groups that have different purposes, different callings, really have no interest in putting together a declaration. But they're just saying, hey, there's something that we can agree on, right? And so we were like, well, how do we promote this? How do we, we you know, move forward with this? And so uh, I wasn't at this meeting, but Tony, what happened when you finally well, met with all Pro Pastors International and then also Protect Our Children with uh, Pastor Ernie Rivera and Terry Kempel and uh, who else was at that well, meeting? Well, there, there were still some, some hesitations. Hesitation? Words, they, were, they were for it. But there was some hesitation, and we we changed just a little verbiage, and I'm going to read that verbiage. It says, "Furthermore," and this is for the pastors to be able to have some cover. Right, they need cover because right. they're shooting. Further, furthermore, we must share this declaration in our in our pulpits, which is what we wanted them to do, because I had already called them crickets. Remember? Right. Crickets. Uh, and if you read. I'm going to just put this out there because Pastor, Pastor Dozer was at a Christian. Uh, you know, it's actually that somebody cares to have a band. He was reading the passage from Isaiah, and it actually, he calls them dumb dogs. I said, I can't believe you called them dumb dogs. And he goes, you're never going to live that down. He says, that's what it said in the that's scripture. That's what it says. <laughs> that's what he calls it. All right, good. He's not going to compromise see, the scripture. See, right. He's hey, just yeah. going to read it. <laughs> so in our pulpits, our workplace, and with our families and friends, we must also examine... And this is this is what we added here: the political candidates to align with their imperatives, regardless of their political affiliations. Yeah. When we added that that passage right there, uh, they all felt pretty good. May God be with us, and may we make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Ephesians Sounds like 5, we 16. should just read this whole thing now, Tony. I agree. Well, let me go to the scripture that this whole thing is based on yes doc you should read that i'm surprised you hadn't had that cued yet i do have a cued but i was just it's funny because you were you were talking about how it does say dumb dogs it does say <laughs> dumb dogs um not every translation though i know and it goes greedy dogs you know whatever well what i found interesting uh, this is based on isaiah 56 verses 9 through 11 and what I showed you before we started today, Doc, was that the heading for this is Israel's Irresponsible Leaders. Did you forget to do your opening verse? And now you're going to go back? What opening verse? Is oh, this yes. your opening verse? Yes. See, so Doc forgot to do the opening verse. Now he's going to come back and do it. Well, I have to. This I, is the perfect segue, though. I'm really. segueing in there, he's Doc. He's segueing <laughs> in. <laughs> I have to have a strategy here. <laughs> See how he's trying so. to get us back on his agenda? This is uh, really fun for me. It is. <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> you did. Okay, sorry about that, folks. So, verse 9 starts with. All you beasts of the field come to devour, all you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. 
They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yes, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough, and they are shepherds who cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one of his, to his own gain, from his own territory. Wow. I know. There's a reason why we didn't put that in the declaration, because every time I read it, I'm like, that's about one of the most convicting verses I've ever read. That that is strong. It is, but is it not what we were talking about? It gave Tony? me it gave me cover to be able to say crickets. Well, yeah, but that that is really strong. First of all, the fact that Israel had irresponsible leaders, and what did God do that he that was his judgment, right? Right. Every time they swayed from, you know, Deuteronomy twenty eight kicks in, and a curse came in, and they got bad leaders right well it's happened to us right. too there's no doubt i hate to tell you you know we're we're under you know we we all need to start to meditate a little bit on romans one because we're under judgment here too there's no doubt this is this has fallen let me read this this passage and this was in our last episode but you know i've been crafting a letter to to pastors again and this is the one i decided to include about the watchman it's ezekiel 33 6 but if the watchman sees the sword coming and fails to blow the horn to warn the people and the sword comes and takes away a life, then that one will be taken away in his iniquity. But I will hold the watchman accountable wow. for the blood. Wow. Now, folks, if you are a pastor, you are a watchman. Yes. You you're are. a Christian. If you're, you're a watchman. You see what I'm saying? You start to think about these roles that we all have. Yeah. And the thing here is that, you know, we definitely are a watchman. And I know that's what this show is about in a lot of ways. And it was really interesting. That's why when I heard Pastor Dozer go on for 45 minutes, <laughs> I was listening for 45 minutes silent because I Did was like, record this <laughs> was really good. <laughs> no, we have a whole episode. Go oh, back okay. and listen to okay. it. <laughs> and uh, so the long story uh, short of that is, that that's a message that we need every pastor to hear. That's a something that every parent needs to hear. That yeah. we all are shepherds of somebody. And we need to realize that we have to say something. We can't make them listen. But if we don't say anything, then we are also to blame. And that has given me a lot of hope as, as a person. I've shared before, you know, that I wouldn't have written this book or otherwise if I lived in another country because there are some things that, you know, this is the kind of situation we're in these days. So this is something that we're trying to craft and show people that our Bible calls us to not be silent. So I think, Doc, you're reading that first part. Or are you ready to yeah, you yeah, read that? Yes, I'll read the first part. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you remember back um, a couple episodes um and we were talking about what Pastor James Coates had that yes. sermon. Yes. And he was talking about tyranny and how and and making the the uh, separation between the family, the church and the state. Right. You know, and that each one has their role. Right. And that the state can't overstep their boundaries. Right. They have no jurisdiction over the family or the church. They don't. And the state has to be the state. 
and and Romans 13 defines the state and when the state gets out of its definition we as the church need to hold the state to their to their feet to their fire yes so that's Amen. what being a watchman is yes really and and if we um you know I'm not saying that I want I don't want to live in a theocracy. Okay, no. I don't want the state to be the church. Right, that's what we got away from. Remember, right? <laughs> what I want is the church to stand up and be a watchman and hold the state to their God-given duties, Amen. right? Which is designed, right? And not let them take our right. God-given rights. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So the first, uh, the first two paragraphs here, as pastors and as Christians. We must sound an alarm because governments worldwide have begun using extreme versions of coercion to destroy our religious freedoms. Just what I was talking about. Mm. Luke twenty one twenty eight, Jesus uh, gave us clear directive about conducting ourselves during times like this. Quotations. When these things begin to take place, comma, stand up to rise or unbend in parentheses and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. End quotations. That's the NIV interpretation that Doc threw in there. Talking about the prophetic parts of our Bible and their correlation with current events helps us know when to stand up for Christ and preaching his inevitable return. Standing up for Christ means we cannot bend to any governmental infringement upon our God-given rights. Consequently, the following three tenets are imperative if we live our faith. Listen to our conscience, honor God's temple, and follow Jesus. The first tenet is, we cannot allow any government to keep us from buying and selling, be marked, chipped, segregated, withheld food or medical supplies, discriminated against, fired from our job, put in jails, detained in camps, shut our churches or disenfranchise us in any way for our religious beliefs or for our right to free speech. That's based on Revelations 13, 16, and 17. Number two, no matter what the cause, we cannot allow for mandatory access to our bodies because they are the Lord's. We cannot allow for mandatory vaccinations, genetic therapies, or the implantation of computer chips or nanorobots. Like the Nuremberg Code, we prohibit forced medical treatments and demand the full disclosure of their ingredients. Revelations 13, 16, and 17. We believe that God created marriage between men and women to raise our children to follow him. Therefore, we cannot allow anyone to destroy our families or interfere with our rights to parent our children. Proverbs 22, 6. Judges 2.10, Genesis 1.27-28. And then there was a discussion. We must now stand together against a worldwide coordinated movement that seeks to destroy these freedoms. To succeed, we must empty ourselves of what has separated us from each other and become obedient to our true calling, Philippians 2, 7 and 8. We are also calling for prayer, fasting, remembrance, and worship to change the mind and hearts of Americans to elect godly leaders. 
Furthermore, we must share this declaration in our pulpits, our workplace, and with our family and friends. We also must examine the political candidates to align with these imperatives, who align with these imperatives, regardless of their political affiliation. May God be with us, and may we make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Ephesians 5.16 We also had a little blurb in there that we also fully support the Ezekiel Declaration made by the pastors of Australia. And so you can see we're, we're trying to establish some unity. And I hope that you got some chills when you read that. I know oh, yeah. for me... Yes. You know, after having these conversations with people, and so we have All Pro Pastors International, Somebody Cares Tampa Bay, United Pastors of America, Protect Our Children, and Reborn Ministries all saying that they are in for this declaration. So we've been waiting now to build really a website. We should have it up this, hopefully maybe by the time this comes out now. Um, we know it will be actually out the week or doing this podcast. But there's a back door which actually is going to keep track of all the people that sign it so that we can start to use it to show a momentum swing. And I know that there's a calculator on all these other declaration sites to see. Sure. So that's the part we're still working on. But we should have that up by the time this podcast is out. But so we you, should let them know that 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 is just for statistical purposes and yes. that we're not going to use their information for anything. Absolutely. You know, right. we will have a little link there that they can sign up for if they want to hear any updates regarding yes. the declaration. Uh, but there'll also be a way to opt out of that. But you, we want to see a, a way to build some momentum and something that we can refer to that we can all agree on. And certainly our Bibles. I mean, these days, you can't even get Christians to agree on their Bible. Yep. You know, so this is why we feel like, you know, having something in writing that we really can say, right, is our own. And there really is no ownership of this at all. The reality is, is that, um, you know, the Christian world is huge. There are so many different ministries, so many different denominations, so many different uh, callings and giftings, you know, and we have such freedom in this country that it's really hard to get people to find anything to agree on. And, you know, that's the abundance that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's the abundance that we've had as a country. But we're entering a time where we have to be able to agree on something. We have got to stand united. When I think about, you know, Jesus, you know, really telling us that, that the gates of hell will not prevail Amen. against his church. That's right. Amen. I always say, well, only if they can agree on whatever it is that they're trying to do. That's right. Well, if the church is in disagreement, mm -hmm. it is not going to prevail. And so this is why I, I'm like, we have got to come up with something we can agree on and then stand on that. And if we do that, then we will have success. We will have success directly related to what we can agree on. And that's why I feel like this declaration, again, it is not owned by anybody. These are just people that had conversations with each other, right? And were affected by other people around the world trying to craft a declaration for themselves to defend their family, to defend their profession, to try and just talk about rational ways to respond to a pandemic in the world. And so Christians, we too are in the same situation. But if we can rally and agree on something, then we are the church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against us in these ways. And so I feel like this is a pretty strong way of saying, you know, hey, this is something worth sharing with the world. And this is a strategy that could work, right? We all have to promote it. It is working. It is working. And we've got unprecedented, you know, agreement just here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, people that are coming together, talking mm -hmm. to each other that have mm -hmm. not talked. And so you think about this. We, we need relationships. Mm -hmm. the, the church, even though we're all doing all these different things, the truth is we don't know each other. Oh, that's so true. And so we need to, to forge out and reach out and reach back and touch, and touch base. You know, I was, you know, we're with soil ministries, you know, we're trying to be a pipeline of vision and resources to Honduras. Um, folks, the whole thing goes away if we have no abundance. Mm -hmm. The home, if your home is in disarray, you can't help anybody else. No, you can't. Right? If you don't have a home, if you're homeless, it is very difficult for you to help anybody else. Folks, we're going to be homeless if we don't take care of America. Well, Amen. we have to we have, we have to stand up. Yeah. And and the church has got to make a stance. And we our unity is you know in this declaration and also in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We we need to make a stance. We 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 were had a commandment given to us. You know, to go and make disciples, right? And baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Disciples, right, Tony? Disciples. The difference between a disciple and Big a convert, difference. isn't there? Yeah, I had I had I teach a course in, in Honduras in Spanish, by the way. You guys wouldn't understand it. Wow. <laughs> but uh, last night was a course on discipleship. What's the difference between I take all of his Spanish classes. <laughs> <laughs> and when you hear that, that pastors expect people to come to their church to get saved. Wow. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's that written? There was nothing about the church. There is. It's about go ye therefore. Right. Exactly. You know, talk exactly. to everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Come to Jesus. I, I've got Jesus. pictures now of uh, pa Pastor Dominguez down there. We were able to, we have somebody that's funding a little throwaway sheet, black right. and white. On right. one side is the gospel. Right. On the other side is just jokes. <laughs> you know what people don't throw away? A sheet with jokes on that's it. That's right. I, or they don't wait, throw away wait. a business card. They wouldn't throw away my jokes? Are you sure about that? No, would. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I don't they gotta know. got to be good jokes. <laughs> but it's funny, but but you're right. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's about, you know, come to Jesus. Yeah. Because guess what? With these prophetic things we're talking about, Jesus is coming to He's you. He's sitting there with all his congregation. They're holding up the sheets in their hands. They're having fun sharing the gospel outside the church. Right. Right? Right. The pastor himself said to me, I have never done that prior to this. Wow. Wow. This well, is one of the most mature pastors in that, in that area. Wow. wow. Well, and, and I do have a little thank yous here because I want to say some of the names here that have been Go able ahead, to have Doc. these conversations. First of all, Dr. Thomas Dozer, Dr. Paul Pickern, Dr. Daniel Bernard, Dr. Anthony Poncetti, of course, General Jim McLean, Pastor Greg Dumas, Pastor Terry Heron, Pastor Ernie Rivera, Terry Kempel, and Pastor Don Hazen. And I am thankful for them, and I know that these guys are all part of the, the church not a church, the church. Amen. And this is where we all need to understand that we are all his children. 
we are brothers and sisters. There is no differentiation, no discrimination, no Scythian, no yes. Jew. That's we right. are all one, one faith, one baptism. Amen. That's right. Right? And then we, we, the one who is in all is the one who's going to bring us together. But I'm also here to tell you that the Lord has given us great freedom. And we don't want to trample on any freedoms that we have either to no. to follow our faith and our callings. And there, I mean, if you want to have a gym at your church, if you you know believe a little different theologically, you know there's there's plenty of freedom for that. Um, as long as it doesn't disagree with me, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long no, as it we, doesn't, we know that's all. As it doesn't disagree with the gospel, <laughs> it's okay. Right. Well, the reality is is that you there's we're not going to be. In the same way that I'm a sinner, you know, even my theology, as good as I think it is, there's still sin in there. There's a lot of things I haven't gotten right. And thank God he's mm. not going to go based upon how great my theology That's is. Right. But there's one thing I know, and that is I know who I am in Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is where we all can go, hey, we have to step back from some of these other things. But we also have to mm. allow ourselves to completely disagree with people about some theological issues absolutely and hold it not against them you know they're it's they're free to do that that's right I do that with you all the time that's Rock. right <laughs> i can't remember what did we agree about he's now i didn't even think we had any agreements now you see he's gonna do this at the end of the show like this oh i had to throw it in there come on another segue for the next show it is it, it's, it is funny we hardly ever disagree i can't really think of anything no. major <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we, we do want to hope we get a chance to go online and uh, sign that. And again, look up soilministries.org, a pipeline of vision and resources to Honduras. God knows we have lots of people down there that we need help. We have a school that we're trying to build right now. We have a girl's home that is in need of some repair. We have a deaf children's home that absolutely. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, let me, let me talk about the Shalom home for girls. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have a we have a pastor Harriet down there who is head of the women's ministry. She was making a visit uh, a week and a half ago to a, one of, one of the members of her church, and while she's there visiting, there was a young lady there, eighteen years old, and she was in a corner crying. So you know how Harriet is. She, yep. The lady went to get her a cup of coffee. She went to the girl and she started talking to her and praying with her and so forth. And she found out that the girl was praying and, and crying because she's one of four daughters. It was a 22-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Yes. And she's there crying because the 22 has already been raped by her father, who was abusive, and the mother had left the house, left the girls there. Mm. And the 22-year-old was pregnant, and she left the house. And she followed, and she went to her aunt's house, which is where Harriet found her. Mm. And she's crying for the other, the other daughters. And within a day, within 24 hours, those two girls were rescued, and the three of them are now at Shalom Home. Wow. Amen. This wow. is a home for girls that have been abused mm. or trafficked or danger of being. Yes. Wow. So, yeah, that's, a, that's one of the ministries. Now, we could use funds from everywhere. Yes. But you can dedicate your funds to that ministry or you can dedicate it to the, another ministry that we have there. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yes. When Maria comes to the doctor for the first time and says, you know, Pedrito, my little son, whenever I, I walk up on him and I, I start talking to him, he throws his head back and he screams 
at the top of his lungs, and he runs off. And the doctor puts his arm around Maria and says, Maria, sorry, Mijita, but uh, Perito is never going to respond to you because Perito cannot hear you. And he, you need to teach him sign language and lip reading. Well, Maria grows pineapples. Wow. You know, and she's got eight other kids. How is she going to do that? No. Now, the pastors of Cruzadas have gotten together, and they have a ministry. I've stayed in that ministry. On the second floor, there are three large rooms uh-huh. that a whole family, because these families are not little families. They're like they were here in the 19th, 1919, 1920, you know, mm. 12, 13 kids, farmhands. They need them. It's, it's expected for a woman to deliver a baby every year. That's, that's expected. Right? Uh, so they, they build this place, and the kid can, they can bring Pedrito there. They can bring the little child there, leave him there until he, until he graduates from what they call college. They, they use the European model. It's, it's school, college, and university. So hmm. college means the 12th grade. Hmm. Right when yeah. they when they graduate from college, then they have to go out on their own. But until then, they're 19, 20 years old, and then there's a lot of people that help them to go into university. Mm-hmm. So 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 Tony is the vice president of Soil Ministries, and so he is uh, something we work with in our practice here, and of course on you know supernatural junkies. So that's why he's able to have these intimate details, and we we just pray that some of that has touched your heart. Um, it has been two rough years at trying to raise money and awareness for Honduras. And uh, so if you can help us out, we, we pray that you will. Again, um, I want to thank our guest today. I hope Doc will forgive me for being so hard on him today. Oh, Doc. I was enjoying that. <laughs> we had fun. We had fun. And honestly, you know, this is a great declaration, folks. And we just pray for this declaration. Pray that people will sign it. Pray that people will understand that there's so much education in those tenants because these are really things. We talked about in one of the episodes how if you're not saying something now, yeah. You know, in Christ, we, we can we can wear masks, we can social distance, I can shut my business down if I was sick, right? These are all things. I could take a vaccine if I want to. But we can't have mandatory access to our bodies. We can't allow, there are no religious, no medical exemptions. This is totalitarian control. This is something that Jesus wouldn't do. He wouldn't put people in concentration camps. He wouldn't starve people to death. Amen. He wouldn't let them die on the hospital no. table, and he, right? And He's he not going to chip us, folks, no. so no. that we knows everything we do and say all our bank accounts, our car, you know, our home opens on our chip, right? He wouldn't do this to people. He wouldn't take your children away from you because you didn't get vaccine. He wouldn't let you not go to school, right? right? You start to see here, if, if you aren't saying something now, you're not saying something, and this is not what Jesus would do. This is what Hitler would do. Amen. Yeah. That's why the Watchman Declaration is where we must stand together. Where they're going with this is something we cannot be a part of, and we must oppose them and stand. Doc, so, do you have a, a, a website address for that? We do. What it's it? the it's actually thewatchmandeclaration.com. Okay, great. 
The watchmandeclaration.com. How many times did I say that? <laughs> Once again. Hey, can I, say, can I give an invitation? Sure. Uh, we've invited 10 mayors in Honduras to come for a marriage retreat with their wife. Wow. Uh, but they, they, have, they have something they have to do. They have to bring their pastor and his wife with them. Oh, wow. If they don't have a church, they need to find a church. Wow. And right? guess what, folks? We're trying to find 10 pastors to go meet with 10 governors and 10 other pastors. Exactly. Well, we're, we're probably going to end up with 20. Just 20. the 400? We're going to end up with 20 mayors. Amen. Oh, wow. So, so we need 20 pastors for 20 mayors and 20 other. 20 pastoral couples. That's right. Wow. And, folks, this is the kind of stuff we are a pipeline of vision and resources to Honduras. We don't touch anything. We are facilitating relationships to bring the gospel and resources to the people that Jesus loves. And, again, these, these are the least of the sheep that we're dealing with here. So Yeah, this, this particular event was coordinated and asked to be coordinated by the former governor of that, that area. Tony, did you speak at that event? Yeah. <laughs> you got invited back? <laughs> God bless you guys. Uh, who wants to say a prayer? Uh, actually, let, let Pastor Tony Before say that, a prayer. I just, I just want to, folks, there's just uh, the uh, web address for soilministries.org. Soilministries.org. If you want to go there and learn more, and if you want to donate some money towards this great cause, that we would really appreciate and it. we'd love for to get you down there and amen <laughs> and if you're a member of a church we we have contacts we can actually get you in the country yeah so yeah. go yes. ahead pray for us tony heavenly father we just come into your presence lord and father god we're crucified in christ nevertheless we live yet not us but christ who lives in us so father we come to honor you to honor your son to honor your spirit Father, we ask that this declaration will touch hearts, touch families, but most of all, Father, that it would touch your church. And Father God, that every pastor, every pastor that reads this would be impacted by your Holy Spirit to say, it is truth and I must stand. Father God, awaken your body, awaken your people to the call, to the call to be a watchman, to the call, Father, to be a soul winner, to a call, Father, to be a disciple maker. Father God, give us the strength, the spiritual strength to stand when we get tired, to stand some more. In amen. Jesus' name, amen. 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 We pray that you'll be a good part of the watchmandeclaration.com. God bless you. We really appreciate all you loyal subscribers and listeners. It means the world to us that you take time to listen or are interested in anything that we have to say. We feel incredibly blessed. And if you know somebody that might like this podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would share this with them. Also, if you have time to write us a review, that would mean a lot as well because I know it's a pain in the butt. We keep harping about it, but those algorithms really help bump us up and help others find us that might be looking for this information or a podcast to listen to. So if you could do that, so thankful for that. Also, our website, supernaturaljunkies.com. Sign up for our email newsletter there. Any of the studies that we mention, we will put in a newsletter and you'll get links to that. 
Also, Kevin's book, The COVID Beast, is available for purchase on Kindle right now. And we have that information available on our website, supernaturaljunkies.com. His audible version, as well as the paperback version, should be out anytime now. You don't want to miss out. And by signing up for that email newsletter, you will be the first to know because there are limited supplies. Thank you guys so much. We will have some Supernatural Junkies gear coming out soon because you guys have expressed an interest in that. We'll have some stickers as well as some t-shirts with our logo on there, the cartoon logos, and as well as hoodies, that kind of thing. If you want more information on that, you'll have to sign up for that email newsletter, supernaturaljunkies.com. Thank you guys so much. Have a blessed week. Mm -hmm.